There are things about ghost adventures we will never fully understand. We want answers. Welcome to Adventurous Ghost, the podcast that investigates every investigation of ghost adventures. Today we are investigating the investigation of Season 4, Episode 12, Old Fort Erie. <laughs> I waited to see if you would stop momentarily to go understand and then Oh god, I forgot. I totally spaced on yeah. I was I was more worried about echoing you than doing my own yeah. part of the, yes. the record here. Yeah, technical issues still persist, but we're we're figuring out we might need some new equipment or have to re refresh, re- rejigger. Jigger some stuff is what I was thinking of, which I feel uncomfortable saying that term. Yeah. But I think it's fine because I think it's more like jigsaw, like re. Oh, yeah. You know, but. Uh, yeah, you're moving things around because a uh, classic line from the show Party Down, which you watched that, right? Mm-hmm. When it was on Netflix. Forever ago, yeah. Yeah, and they have. So well, a jigger. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but a jigger is like a measuring tool for drinks. And at one oh, point, uh, Matt, what's the guy's <laughs> name? The big guy who's like from the state and all those. He's yeah. Like uh, oh, God. He's like I, the manager yeah, of the team. He's name by heart. Yes. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just yells out, don't serve those two jiggers. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like broken or something. But then it's. <laughs> uh, yeah. He has an Italian name. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome to uh, a fun little. A uh, weird daylight record. Haven't done this in quite a while. Yeah, we'll um, get used to it, baby. We got that time change, and potentially this is going to stay the same for a while. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, wait, what do you mean? Uh, apparently, in the Senate, they passed uh, a no change the light policy anymore. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so obviously, it still has to go through another few more rounds of you know House and Congress or whatever all the things are in presidential signature. Um, but that's when we signed away our rights as a state to have a say giving it to the federal government. So that was back. I'm sure when Eric was like, well, we, we signed uh, a thing saying we can't do it or can do it. And everyone, th- everyone was so confused when you voted yes or no on that. Yeah, Cause it was worded like purposely misleading. So basically everyone voted and thought we kept time change, but what we actually did was gave away our rights to the federal government so they can dictate if we I have see. a time change or not. Got it. Um, which apparently the Senate voted on the light saving act, which well, then we got lucky <laughs> right. potentially. I mean, <laughs> I'm a fan of fall backwards cause I'm a morning man. Uh-huh. And in that winter time, you actually get all your daylight shoved up front mm-hmm. because otherwise you're going to work. It's kind of dark. You're getting out of work. It's dark where at least with that, you get a, a momentary lightness True. Uh, to do shit in the morning, even though you're not going to have it at night, but you're not going to have it at night anyway. So that's my own personal preference, but I'll, I'll go with whatever everyone wants. It's fine. <laughs> but it is nice to have that almost eight o'clock light time for those after work exercises or excursions. Well, no, I'm always, I'm all about spring forward too. I'm just saying that just eight o'clock both. doesn't, what's that? I just love both. I want both to be happening all the time. No, yeah, I want it to flip. Yeah, because again, in the winter, you're not going to have that. It's still going to be dark at five o'clock anyway. Right. Yes. Uh, Your sound, like when we first did Zencaster, your sound sounds totally normal, which I am trusting. Right, but all over the place. Yeah, your your sound waves look blown out, but that used to happen the first couple times and they were totally fine. So trust it. uh, Yeah, believe in it. I forgot to say earlier too, I was cracking myself up uh, 
not that anyone knows what I'm about to say for context, but we were talking about previously before the record, the big news of the last hour and a half. Uh, I was going to say, well, they flipped the slap on Doug. (laughs) 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 But anyway, that's a, that'll be a, that can be a t-shirt that even our fans won't understand, except that I truly once phonetically on the show. And then you get in trouble for wearing it to work. (laughs) Oh, you're not supposed to say to work. Now they're connected. Oh God, you shit. Uh, (laughs) Shut up, John. Oh my god. Uh what a horrible memory that was. Um <laughs> my I forgot about that. I still say that to myself psycho, and then it's one of those I figure I forget where it's from. Like yeah, my psychotoxic ex used to think that people could hear what I was saying in a moving car with the windows up and they were radio on. 40, and they, yeah, radio on and they were 40 the other people that might hear were 40 people 40 feet away on their front porch or in their front yard. Even if you're at a stoplight and someone's crossing the street. Right. <laughs> if your windows are up and music's on, right. you're not really going to get yes. hurt. I test it constantly. Like, you have to scream very loud at people. <laughs> get them to even hear you're screaming. They don't speak <laughs> the body language yet because you're just vibrating uh, and your face is, is blood red in the car. Right. Um, but, yeah, so. You do bleed uh, a little out of the nose. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and if you're lucky, the tear ducts. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 530 pacific time on what is this thursday or some shit well um, this the theme of this sh- this episode they have what looks to be a leprechaun running around mm-hmm. at one point with the green vision and the stupid hat on yep <laughs> he is in uh, yet uh uh daryl is in his uh eight early 1800s sunday best for the uh the lockdown <laughs> he's right. got his i think all he's missing is some spats but he has the full fucking like a three or four piece suit with the vest and a cummerbund and he's got the fucking tail coat, uh, coat like you know the coat with tails on. He's got the top hat, uh, and yes, a very leprechaun esque pallor to his skin and his hair. Um, and and uh, then when he's yeah in the green, it's like he literally looks like he's wearing a green. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's the same. It's our state patty stay special. Okay? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wow, this is really appropriate <laughs> yep. for today because today literally is St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Daryl is the star of this fucking episode, and and I'm here for it. Uh, oh, I yeah. think I said I mean, somewhere that he's from the Matt Drew verse, <laughs> like he's Matt and Andrew right. combined. Yeah, um, but uh, a little more intellectual than Matt, and a little chunkier than Andrew. Oh yeah, and um, what's it called? That evidence they get—that's like one of the gnarliest ones. Assuming it's real. Oh yeah, no, that is that is top ten. Top 10, this is my li- personal list, top 10 of all time Ghost Adventures evidence is right. in this episode. So, again, um, it's like, again, un- un- assuming they're not lying or doing something weird. Yes. That was very insane. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But it's, yeah, the way that it shapeshifts especially is terrifying. Right. It, like, it's so, it's such a strange thing to see. That that piece of evidence gave Sarah nightmares literally for weeks. Like she like <laughs> every other night she could not stop thinking about it. Uh, right. It was that scary? Cause there's, there's another one that I, I think I can't remember if we've already done it or not, but it, it might've been from season one or no, I think it's later. Cause I think it's with Jay and Billy, but there's a very similar, um, like very similar piece of evidence. That's like a, a hand coming out from a shadow in the corner 
And, and yeah, because later on th- they do even. Did more- we see something like that already, or no? I feel like we've had this discussion. I think I've shown you this before. I don't know if we've covered the episode. I could be okay. wrong because but- I thought it like reached out and then he like felt a weird pain in his chest or something. Oh yeah, so, yeah. You're right. Yeah, they're and they're, yeah, because they're down in like a basement sewery area, like a right. like a, like a waterworks area. So, so yeah, we- and I can't remember if we've covered it or you just were like, "This is so crazy. I need to show you right now." Right. Yeah. Hell, slag fisted her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could have been Slag's furnace, but, um, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll get to that, uh, later in the app, but, uh, yeah, we are, we're here. It's been a, uh, long week for me. Um, and, uh, I think as the patrons got it first last time, I'll say it here first, but, uh, I was talking about the scare of Sarah having another ectopic pregnancy. Cause we were trying in, in the midst of getting blood tests to, to, because the the pregnancy hormones will tell you if you have a standard pregnancy versus what could be an ectopic pregnancy. Uh, ectopic pregnancies fluctuate; um, they go up or down or stay the same or whatever. Meaning, it's growing somewhere outside of the uterus where it's supposed to. Um, and uh, and so then this week, uh, right when we f- like literally when we finished recording, I could tell when Sarah was saying bye to Steve and I was going to walk him mm-hmm. downstairs that she did not want to be seen, which usually means she was crying. Uh, and so checked on her and the, the levels had dropped to almost zero. Um, which means that, uh, she was miscarrying. Uh, but also obviously the cells had stopped dividing and the hormones were not being produced because there was no more cell mitosis happening in the body. And, um, but then it was scary because that didn't technically mean, uh, that it wasn't for sure ectopic, right? So she was having very different symptoms. It also was three weeks earlier than last time, so that it couldn't even have been big enough to rupture at that point. But still a very scary night. Uh, we called like the the RN, like the nurse on call, to leave a message with her. She said we would be fine as long as long as X, Y, and Z things didn't happen, um, which were very extreme that she was not experiencing. Uh, to try to get some sleep, and then they slotted us in for ten fifty a.m. the next day. Um, and it was just tough cause Sarah was obviously in panic mode cause she literally almost died last time. So, right. um, she, every cramp, every nausea wave, every, everything was, was sending her body like right back into that trauma. So that was tough. We had to wait. He was running late too. So we had to wait like an hour in the waiting room, which is always fun. Cause you see all of these, uh, fucking dopey chicks with in their third trimester in there, just gabbing away. Um, while, uh, you know, I'm trying to comfort my wife who's, uh, feeling nauseous, cramping and keeling over or crying. So, uh, that's super great and makes me feel really good about life uh, for a while. And then, but luckily, uh, we have a new OBGYN whose advice so far has not almost killed my wife. Uh, like the last one, uh, he's very, he's way more experienced. He, he actually helped, uh, save guest of the the show, my older sister, Laura's life when she had an ectopic (laughs) pregnancy back in the day. And, uh, it was a very unique, strange, uh, s- excuse me, set of problems in addition to that. Uh, but he was a very good surgeon and, and helped her out through the whole process. So um, we went to him, met with him. We, we shopped around a bunch of OBGYNs and, and uh, uh, decided on him. So uh, he was much, he's much more experienced, much more empathetic, but also he's clinical enough to be like, he, he literally was like, I know that I don't need to add any more emotion into the room right now but uh because clearly he's like i can tell that you're you know having adrenaline rushes you're probably panicking and very scared 
uh, because as you express, you're scared you're going to die from this. He's like, you're not going to die from this. Every every single symptom and piece of evidence and number uh, and pattern here is pointing to a normal in uterine miscarriage. He's like, so please don't right. think I'm sounding callous. The healthiest, best of versions of what's happening. Right. And so he's like, you're going, you're, you know, your uterus is going to, this is very early in the pregnancy. You're going to just have basically a really bad period over the next few days uh, with lots of clotting and things as the uterine lining is sloughing itself off to, you know, create a fresh lining. So um, he, uh, he did a check on the cervix. Uh, he said an ultrasound will show me absolutely nothing. He's like, I'll do one for you, but it's just going to cause you discomfort and it will give me absolutely no information because uh, if the, if the HCG levels were already as low a number as they are, they're probably already at zero meaning there's nothing for me to find except some blood in there. So right. but he did do a cervix, a cervix check to make sure he said, basically if the cervix is closed, that means that it's already passed um, the pregnancy and it will just be blood to follow just like a normal period. So uh, that's what she's going through right now. But it's uh, uh, she had a final blood test today, just on the off chance uh, the, the very minuscule hormones that were in there Um weren't going down or something the same or something he's like but he's like you know 99.9 percent sure but he's like i can literally never tell a single patient i'm 100 percent sure of anything uh yeah. but my 99.9 percent is basically 100 so uh he he, he said just he said just call me I, I was like what is the things we should look out for to call you otherwise we will trust you that everything is normal so please tell us he said the only thing is if she is soaking through like a maxi pad every hour with the blood oh, yeah, yeah. give me yeah. a call uh and and whatever and thankfully that's not happening at all so um and we we would have known already so uh yeah bittersweet <laughs> very bittersweet i'm glad that my wife is not going to die from a rupture again uh but it is not easy to go through the same ultimately the same result again uh but i'm very thankful that she's still here so we could try again in the future and and uh also at least we know now that uh i mean not that she she wasn't uh but when your first time uh getting pregnant is what happened to us it kind of creates a fear that that's going to happen every time but at least we know that her body's capable of implanting normally on the uterine wall uh so anyway we're not really thinking about um uh, trying again for a little while. He wants us to wait two full cycles anyway, but also he's a human being enough that we were joking. Uh, he was, he was like, he's like, I know that, uh, I know that after hearing all this, you guys are probably raring to go to try again. And I, <laughs> I, said, I said, Oh yeah, I've already, I'm making a reservation at, with a motel with a vibrating bed. And so we were kind of riffing back right. and forth. Um, and, uh, which was nice because Sarah finally, uh, you know, kind of got, got out of the clouds, you know, the, the black yeah. clouds like Scott, the engineer. Um, right. Right. For a, a moment there. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been trying for, yeah, sure. it's been, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what the whole album's about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is, uh, thankfully not as special of an episode, uh, <laughs> cause it wasn't quite as horrible, but still, uh, shout out to Chris Turbville. And then I think I can't remember the Australian, uh, bloke's name that was in the chat, the Twitch chat on last Monday's show. Oh, right, right, right. Because uh, that guy, his, his, he and his wife had four miscarriage, and Chris Turbville had thirteen with his wife, right. and they finally went the surrogate route because he could not, you know, his wife and he couldn't keep putting her body through this. So yeah, for sure. Um, so it's it's, I mean, it it is really. I said it last time we talked about this, but it's 
it's so fucking crazy how uh i even asked the doctor i was like is is an ultrasound truly the best we have to fucking find even a very small early pregnancy and he's like it is the gold standard he's like i could use i could do an mri i could do a cat scan thing or whatever but they're to them it's just gonna look like dark spots which is just blood which is normal anyway right 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 uh i was like but you can't like you can't take a like if we can do surgeries with a high def camera that's a wire going in and all it's like it's it's one of those things it's where so it's so small though yeah right it's it's one of those things that it's if it's it's one of those things it's like it's hard to accept that that's the cold standard mm-hmm. but uh well again everyone lives and this is no offense or anything but it's just everyone lives in a an instant gratification kind of world right like i can watch this on demand i can do this like i've watched all these shows where they can do this shit like how do can we not just just like in our jobs where people are like can't you just put that on the website Right. It's like, well, it's a lot you got to do. Wait, you're telling me you can't I can't just do this and that. It's like, again, you would think it's easy, but it's not, you know, yeah. the only thing the only and it's not like I'm arguing. I'm just it's just like when you think of some of, some of the uh, some of the um, advancements in medical health that we can do that are exactly like, oh, wow, we can just do that now. It's sad that women's reproductive health is still very stagnant. It's it's uh, uh, hold on. I'm trying to make sure that Booker is not. Uh, mangling any of the wires underneath the recording studio because <laughs> she's walking through everything. Um, but uh, yeah, women's reproductive health is just not seemingly a priority very much, which is crazy. So it's it's like the advancements in other fields have been far greater than women's reproductive health. So yeah, like I mean, it's like, just scanning things, right? Still, yeah. But it's, it's like it's kind of like dreams where like they still don't know ultimately what the fuck dreams really are and why they happen the way they do and things like that too you know so um but anyway uh sarah is physically okay uh we're probably just going to take it easy this weekend and um we're kind of up in there we were going to go to a saint patrick's thing at uh brad's house but that got canceled anyway so uh now there's nothing and i'm kind of glad because i kind of just want to to be home and chill when you guys have the day off tomorrow too, yeah. Yes, yes. So we have the wellness day. But um, noise, yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks for to the fans that reached out, or even if you've gone through the same thing, uh, it sucks. But um, it seems like all. It seems like, and I know that this is this is like talking as someone who's quote unquote like a victim of this. But it is if you look at the actual statistics, it's true. <laughs> like the. The people that don't want babies always have healthy pregnancies. And then the people that are really trying for them are the ones that tend to struggle. And so it's very frustrating that, you know, uh, some some young, you know, a 16 year old from Santa Ana uh, has like four kids and they're all healthy and whatever. And and uh, and there's no problems. And obviously, I don't know that there's no problems. They could have fucking, you know, fucked up short bus kids or something. But um but regardless of my opinion on it, it's uh, it's it's crazy that the statistics are that women will have miscarriages at least one before having uh, a normal pregnancy or each like there's some certain percentage, which is like over 50 percent for each pregnancy. Um, and so it's trying to just accept like, hey, this is your body's way of knowing that there was something wrong with that, the body of that, you know, potential kid. And it's just flushing it out. But it's hard to. It's hard to think that way when uh, when all you are are surrounded by how all the amazing parts of pregnancy and children and stuff too. Like the fucking waiting room is literally all 
uh, very sexual flowers, like just like the stamens and the bright colors next to uh, literally just framed pictures of like women's bellies out in that field of those flowers. <laughs> like right. so we design this whole thing and it's just like, okay. But uh, anyway, yes, pregnancy can be very, very messy. So um, other than that, uh, not much else has been going on. And um, other than I'm, I'm making, uh, I think it will be cathartic. I'm going to make my first uh, true Chicago pie tomorrow. So it's a different kind of dough and um, uh, different, a different kind of pizza that I love and haven't had for a long time um, because... I've been so focused on the the thin crust in the Detroit. So, yes, yes. Um, that'll be a the flaky. Also, red. started watching the. We just watched the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, we'll we'll finish it, but it's a it's a that's a weird fucking show. So far. it's just okay. Very strange. <laughs> uh, like they pack a like like if any of the shows should have been like thirty eight minutes long per episode. Like this one, each one is like fifty or fifty five. I'm like like. It feels kind of like a movie that kind of gets going and then you're like, okay, like I don't I don't know why they're so antagonistic with each other right off the bat other than the whole shield thing which happens in the episode but they start off being pissed off and then uh uh you got the fucking, you know, John Walker with the huge ears under the fucking helmet like mm-hmm. big nose like uh he he looks like a like an old drawing of like a fairy tale dwarf, like one of the seven dwarves or something, his face anyway, you know, when he has the the mask. I look completely different without it, but um, I read up on him like that. He's like US agent and all that shit. I guess spoiler alert, whatever. I don't care, but um, it uh, doesn't seem like the most interesting thing. I'm glad it's only six episodes. So, uh, and then after that, we get to watch uh, Hawkeye. Did you watch Hawkeye? Is it any good? Uh, I watched the first couple. I didn't finish it. So not because it was like bad or anything. I just didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it only came out a month and a half ago too. So no, it's been Um, out. I thought it's been out. It's been out. Like came out last year. Really? If it did late last year, um, Hawkeye TV show. Twenty twenty one. Alequa Cox. That's a that's quite a name. <laughs> I like what Cox uh, November twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay, so end of the year, whatever. Okay. Um but uh oh, was that your postmates guy? No. Uh thank God. We've got some time. Your first John of the night. Yes. John Walker, the USH. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, uh yeah, let's let's We've got some forts to build. Yeah, let's get into the old fort area. As you stated, which is <laughs> pretty true it's like each episode is either a fort or a mansion or something you said right yeah sane yeah. asylum or, or something insane asylum yeah yeah <laughs> and i think that's the third one is there's like mansions mixed in right well. right 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 because i guess the last the states episode, or something yeah the last episode you can kind of call a mansion too which was the um oh god i already fucking <laughs> forgot it. it was the the opera house the whatever right 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 like this huge yeah private hotel estate thing, thing. Yeah. Right? yeah so um yeah zach is uh behind the fort gates which have kind of a jurassic park effect at the very beginning they open up and our our hunky boy zach is back there he's looking yacked he's looking very tight very low body fat here and uh he's wearing an all-black outfit and he also has a huge iron cross belt buckle standing out (laughs) standing out big time on the all-black outfit uh which i know that's not a supposed to be a not there's some brand right that's like those big iron cross oh, there's a lot yeah there's like west coast choppers uh, independent yeah, yeah. trucks and, I think, and then just kind of in general it's been used yeah right. it's it's 
arguably problematic, but for the most part, not bad. Right. Not quite as bad as like a Confederate flag or a true no. Swazi. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're in Ontario, Canada, where over a thousand, as we hear, God, they, this is like Zach's wet dream. Like literally thousands of people died on this property. And he is so fucking stoked that, uh, where there's death, there is going to be potentially thousands of ghosts, you know? So, right. Um, which is kind of funny because they get a pretty normal amount of evidence this episode. And you'd think with thousands of people dying, then his, by his math, they would just be getting fucking EVPs and evidence off the fucking chart. But, right. um, but anyway, it's a, it was kind of confusing at the beginning. They're in Canada, but this fort was fought over in the war of 1812 by British and American troops. They never really talk about the Canadian troops, but I'm assuming that the British troops were the Canadian troops, but I don't know the history of Canada enough to know that England owned Canada in 1812. Um, yeah, that or, sounds about right. Cause they supported the queen. Right. And they voted against so. her. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so I guess that makes sense that there probably weren't, there weren't like true British born Canadians. Hey, BBCs <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Uh, <laughs> either way, this was in 1814 when the actual um, big old cannonball, uh, raid fucking happened on the fort and that's where the uh, the first like thousand people died in two hours and then like another four thousand people died over the course of the skirmish and so uh, there's a lot of shitty reenactment stuff in this episode like a lot um, but there's also hyper gory reenactment shit like they're literally pouring out They'll cut to like a bomb going on, you know, a cannonball hitting or an explosion. And then they like do a close cut to like a bunch of like stew with a bunch of jello in it, just like barfing down a yeah. ditch and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, which I'm I'm here for it, but uh, I was like I was like, Ugh, like maybe they should have put a, a little warning or something in front of this episode. I was clutching my pearls for a bit. But um Zach, of course, is talking about confronting the spirits because because of course the Ghost Adventures crew is under siege at the old Fort Erie because <laughs> they're <thinking laughs> are always attacking you. Uh, the docent that we've mentioned before is Daryl Learn, which is a, a quite a fitting name for a guy that volunteers his time to become and then therefore teach tourists about uh, old Fort Erie. Right. Which is also crazy that he's a volunteer and dedicates his time. <laughs> which, like, it's cool. It's totally fine. But it's like, then what do you do how do you live? You know, like, I don't know what you do for a living. I'm not trying to be like an old school. Hey, you better be fucking working or you're dead or whatever. But I'm just like, I'm always curious as how, how drama kids don't get paid for things and yet somehow survive. But I guess that's why so many of them are like waiters and waitresses and things that have, you know, strange hours. So, right. Um, Zach, uh, is talking to Daryl and he says, this is probably the, the bloodiest day in Canada's history, huh? And Daryl's like, not just that day, but everyone that set foot here uh, in, back in 1849. I'm trying to do a little subtle Can- a Canadian accent. <laughs> um, there are so many. It was driving me nuts because I had a I had a, a, a work call going uh, that I was listening into. It was also it was meandering and petering out for like a half hour. So I kind of had it on low, but I had the volume up on the TV uh, and I have like a a nice like poke audio subwoofer and stuff. And it was like constant fucking cannon explosions and <laughs> <It was> fucking <laughs> driving me insane. But, um, the fort was built in 1764 and, um, uh, Daryl explains that the, these particular cannons, if the men were in a, com- like a totally like standing, like, you know, chest to back and doing a, 
a classic, you know, uh, East Coast uh, Ivy League um, hazing daisy chain uh, that your old boss participated in, you know, like it was normal. Right. Um, or like an elephant walk where you literally fucking grabbed um, each other's dicks and your own. <laughs> and whatever, and that, was, that was normal, too. Just guys having fun being in a, a group that you pay for friends for and a friend of fraternity. Um, no, but if they were all doing that, these cannons could shoot through one cannonball could shoot through 19 men, which is fucking right. Uh, and Daryl's like, now that's just in a row. Uh, when you get hit <laughs> in the chest, your chest becomes a cavity and your bones become shrapnel and they can right. kill and wound the men around you. And so Zach is like, you know, he's getting off on this. He's like, so my pieces of rib could go through Nick's head and kill him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and Daryl's like, Oh, his head, his throat, uh, you can hit an artery and uh, he'd die in a few minutes. And uh, Zach is like, Daryl, you are a plethora of graphic, gory details. <laughs> He's like, I've never heard all of this come out of someone's mouth before at once. Um, Sam is this other employee at the fucking fort. He is, he. I mean, he is from the Metaverse as well. Uh, but uh, he is a massive, like a very tall and hugely fat guy. Oh yeah. Uh, and, um, but like with just enough, like he, he could maybe beat you up, but, uh, only because he probably couldn't feel any pugilistic attack. If you were like striking at him, you might not feel it in his gut or something, or you might, your arm, you might not even be able to go for the face because his stomach sticks out. So well, far. it's like the blob where your arm gets consumed when exactly. you try and punch him. Yes. And, and God, just the, he probably could just lift up maybe his villain name would be called the Framunda and he just lifts right. up his stomach and all of the sweat that's built up from under there all day in yeah. his very, you know, linen and wool fucking, uh, uniform, which is long sleeves, long pants, fucking sashes. And again, cummerbunds, things like that. Right. Uh, he is, he is fucking sweating like crazy. Anyway, the running joke is that Zach is intimidated by, he's like, he's a big, scary dude. <laughs> And you don't want to don't want to mess with them. And so you beat him by attrition to where he has a heart attack halfway through. Exactly. He, he's yeah. chasing around. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, Sam walks by and Zach's just like, hey, Sam. Uh, and and uh, and he's like, hey, you don't you don't when that guy walks by you, you smile and you greet him. OK, we don't mess with Sam. OK. And then he was walking mm-hmm. away into Daryl. He's like, I'm going to call him Bluto the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm like, isn't that messing with Sam? Right, right. Uh, well, just behind I'll- his back. Right. It's also Zach doesn't do a good job or the editor doesn't do a good job of of letting Zach's bits pay off because we haven't seen Sam before. And so, like, it would make more sense if he'd already talked to Sam, if Sam had, you know, acted very gruff and monotone, like in later bits that he's doing with him. And then we see him walk by or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just like it, 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 it was it's awkward because we don't know who the fuck he is. yet. You know? Right. But, um, but clearly Zach has already talked to Sam because Zach doesn't fucking work here. And so, you know, Daryl, I'm sure was like finishing the day out and Sam and all the other people were first. But, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's editing for you. Catherine Stark, uh, sister of Catelyn Stark, the, um, wife of, uh, Nettard Stark from, uh, the first game of Thrones season and book. Um, only the first season spoiler alert. Sorry guys. Uh, you've had about. 12 years now at this point. Yeah. But, um, uh, she was a witness. Uh, she, she, she seems to work there as well, but they, they just call her a witness on her little crawl. And she talks about a fire that broke out, um, and exploded a huge chunk of the fort in the powder magazine room. And, uh, excuse me. They actually have a pretty decent 
CG explosion in the recreation here, but then it's over like a sepia toned still image of the, so it's like a nice explosion, but shitty overall, you know, but uh, they show the explosion and over a hundred people died there instantly in that explosion. Um, the ditch outside, they, they spend like two minutes on this, like where Daryl is talking about, it. he's like, and the ditch over here is, uh, was, was full of five feet of bodies over here. And then up here on this hill, there was seven feet of bodies thick. Like it was just like talking about just tons of bodies filling up this kind of, um, Let the bodies hit the <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably the music he's listening to in his like right. uh, old Camaro that he drives away <laughs> volunteer job from. But, um, uh, cause he does have kind of a, not in a mean way, he has kind of a Dwight Schrute vibe to his look. Right, right, overall. right. Could be Amish, very Germanic. Um, but, um, oh, and he tells the story that one of the commanders that survived the explosion was in the pile of bodies and was trying to push his way out of it and crawl out of the bodies. And his hand literally went through the face, like mushed through the face of one of the soldiers that he was commanding just a few moments ago. Uh, and it stuck with him. And he says, uh, Sorry, Zach says that. He's like, man, your hand slips through a face, huh? Yeah, that's going to stick with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Daryl mentions that there is... Now, this was interesting, too, because uh, these were all soldiers here. I don't know if any of them would have been wearing top hats, uh, but we have an, right. arch- an archetypical um, uh, paranormal event, which is a hat, a recurring hat man shadow figure. So the hat man is like very commonly seen uh, with in, 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 in like in terms of people that see shadow figures, a pretty decent chunk of them are a hat man. So mm-hmm. very thin, very tall guy with a top hat. Uh, the only difference with this one was that Daryl's and Daryl has physically seen this hat man. He says that he had, he had no features, but his eyes were shining white, like the sun, which is something that you don't usually hear about with, with hat man, um, the hurt encounters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hat man do, uh, Oh, Zach's uh, kind of running gag happens again here. Sam walks by and he just gives a quick look. Hey, Sam. And then to the camera, I'm not messing with Sam. <laughs> or again, you already did this fucking joke. Right. That could have been the better joke. And then he had he could have had the longer one that was already edited before now. And it would have paid off. Whatever. Uh, the room he's in with Caitlin is the surgery room. There's more bad reenactment here. That There's a whole thing where there's like fake blood put onto the... The, the wood uh, for the tourists and stuff like that. Um, but it, sh- it shows like a bloody soldier's hand, like a close up of it flopping over as if, you know, dying or whatever on a, on a, a surgery table. But it's clearly a female voice choking to death, but it's a mm-hmm. male hand bleeding. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you see this male hand. Okay. Um, Give me the male hand. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I ordered a male hand. Uh, they talk about the headless sergeant, which is a big story they tell around there. Um, there was a sergeant who was getting shaved by a lower-ranking soldier, and he was up on the ramparts where a cannon bounced off of. And also, and Sam is explaining the story. The big guy, Sam, he's, he's like, he's like, yeah, cannon, cannon bounced uh, straight off the hill right there, and then took off his head, and it took off uh, the other guy's arms. So a lot of times we see two ghosts. Two ghosts appear and then they look like they're they're looking for something. Same, yeah. Uh, and this is where they start showing a bunch of fucking gore, like just constant like bl- blorps of shit and again old stew with like gelatin or something in there, uh, uh, rolling down the mountain, but sloshing like, down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Zach, uh, this was clearly rehearsed. <laughs> Zach goes, "Oh, sounds like he uh, 
shaved a little too close. And without even letting Zach finish the last syllable, he's like, yeah, that was a close shave if I ever heard one. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, we get a great commercial stinger by Nick Groff here uh, trying to push traffic to the travelchannel.com. This is back in 2011, remember? So for a deeper look into ghost adventures, head over to travelchannel.com and take a look at our most scariest moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like you guys fucking left that in there. Uh, it's wild. Yeah, most scariest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I don't think I've mentioned it on the show. Maybe I did briefly. Nick Groff now has a fucking YouTube show with his wife, which is a paranormal investigation show. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, which he's never said before, his wife is a psychic medium. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, he's talking right. about his wife before on um, the show he did with Katrina Weedman, mm-hmm. uh, Paranormal Lockdown. And uh, he was talking about how, like, a ghost followed him home and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, my wife was like, what the hell's going on? You got to get these ghosts out of it. And it's like, if she was a medium, she would have been, like, helping to get the ghost move on and out of the house and what, you know, mediums yeah, do specifically are psychics that can see or talk to the dead, right? And so. Anyway, it's very convenient that his wife is all of a sudden a fucking uh, right, a a veteran fucking psychic medium, but whatever. So um, we could watch that show for free, I guess. Uh, oh, there we go. Patreon. Yeah. But um, uh, um, scariest moment. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. Another Sam bit is set up here. There's like three <laughs> what look like 14 year old boys um, <laughs> sloppily rolling a cannon down a little ramp. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like overseeing them, and he's like, he's like, oh, hey guys, uh, maybe you want to like move o- over, uh, and then it like closes up on Sam having a gruff look and glaring at Zach, and he just goes, sorry, Sam, and then it cuts away. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I cannot reiterate how much Sam looks sweaty and fucking smelly. Like it just makes right. my stomach turn. You want to fucking puke? Uh, Daryl explains that there might even be bones ground up and mixed into the mortar of the area they call the Port de Salé, which literally just means the door to go through, which is stupid. Uh, it's funny how it's funny how like mystical and magical other languages can sound and they're just saying something fucking normal, you know, but mm-hmm. um, but anyway, this is an area um, that also got blown up and rebuilt. And so back in like the the looks like the late 1800s, something like that. Because uh, there was like power, like bulldozers, showing old pictures of it and stuff with bulldozers and everything, cranes. Uh, the workers, it's very confusing. The workers that were rebuilding were asked that if they found, they were finding body parts as they were digging up the dirt. Fine. Right. They, they were asked, or actually tasked, if you do find a body part, you must try to find the rest of the body. But you cannot, you cannot go over time. So you have to finish your shift and get all your shit done, but also do that. And so the workers that, that also sounds really stupid, like a really bad right. deal. The workers were like, well, fuck that. So whenever they found body parts, they are bones. They just ground them up supposedly into the dust that they were using to make the mortar, to build the new bricks and stones and things like that. So, um, Dilla, Dilla, Daryl <laughs> says that the smell of rotting or burning flesh is reported frequently in that area. Uh, that area has also caused 14 employees to quit since 1939, which is a lot, but not in an 80-year period or 90-year period, but whatever. Right. Um, 
Zach is talking to Sam. He goes, do you think you'll be the 15th? And Sam just gruffly looks at the camera. No. And then, of course, Zach fake acts. Sorry, it was uh, just a question, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they showed a weird. Oh, yeah. They show a really fucking weird reenactment with Daryl. His face is like warping with camera effects and he's screaming and his voice is warped. <laughs> he looks like fucking Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> the way they're warping it like it's like he gets extra jowly and his chins multiply yeah, yeah and all that stuff and his teeth are like very like um, uh chatterbox teeth so um daryl is now bragging that uh in the captain kingsley suite like his bedroom uh, ca- uh captain kingsley was like the ranking officer there his old bedroom was kept and even his bed is the original bed that he slept in back in the day and lots of lots of men get pushed or shoved or um or like not scratched they say smacked or hit or whatever and then Mm -hmm. all the women in the room report getting their hair pulled they get uh lightly touched they get pulled towards the bed and zach is all antsy while this employee gal named kathleen or something is she's she's in you know period garb and all that stuff um she's like yeah you know i've gotten my hair pulled in here and i've gotten pushed and you you just feel kind of uneasy and and whatever and, and and Zach is looking like he's about to do one of his like, I'm just feeling some sort of really angry energy. Like he looks like he's his body language is very antsy. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, and then he goes kind of whispery to her. He's like, he's like, Hey, look, there's a, there's nothing different happening in this bedroom (laughs) than what happens in any other guy's bedroom. Okay. If there are guys in my bedroom, I want to push them the hell out of there. But if, if girls come in, well, uh, I'll just leave it at that, okay? <laughs> and then like they both crack up and laugh. I'm like, okay. Of course, he's flirting with the the curvy uh, employee right. there. But um, uh, Sam, oh, <laughs> I forgot I wrote this. They cut to a weird scene. It's in the area where the bones and like relics are displayed from um the the land nearby, like the Snake Hill, where the guy who fucking you know bought a house and was building a house on the land. There was a bunch of bodies under there from the battle and everything. Um, but, uh, Sam is like in the background of this shot and there is literally a small child who is playing on the floor, like in the shade of his gut. Like it's very Philadelphia Collins, like kind of joke. Like it's almost like they set it up like that, but Sam right. is just staring at this kid. Like he's going to fucking eat him. And, uh, and they don't acknowledge Sam back there at all. He's just talking to Catherine. Who's the lady in like the yellow shirt that, that works there. She's the guy that witnessed the, uh, reflection of a dude's face in, the window of uh, the room there. And uh, she's talking about, you know, how haunted Captain Kingsley's bed is and blah, 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 blah. And Zach uh, immediately goes, you know, I was great experience in guys' beds, Nick Groff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they talk about how like the, uh, the, 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 the one yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever, like, you know, that he was in the bed with the, and they think that the spirit of the past held him down. Yeah. The Padre there didn't want him to get yeah, ripped his shorts <laughs> off. So it was like a fake out of being a, a homophobic joke, but then it actually ended up being a homophobic joke because it was about, so, he yeah. joked about that on the 2009. It turned, thought it righted itself, then went South flipped the slap. So, uh, flipped and reflipped it, I guess. But, um, uh, they make, they make want a uh, fun of one of the skulls in the display because one of the skulls is the, is someone they've nicknamed the grinner because of his teeth and they recreated his face <laughs> to <laughs> with the skulls features. They did one of those facial recreations and then put that model next to the skull and it looks insane. And, and Aaron 
uh, accurately points out he's like it looks kind of like Shaggy's brother, like from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Scooby Doo. And um, they drive over to Snake Hill, which is where the dude. Uh, I mean, a whole neighborhood was built on top of the Snake Hill. But um, they have the guy's address, and they head over there. And it's right on the lake, Lake Ontario, I guess. And um, uh, you can see the city, you know, in the downtown city in the background across the lake. And uh, Nick and Zach are having this whole thing like, hey, you know, point your camera towards the ground. Like, don't film his face. Don't film his face. No, roll. Roll, of course, but don't film his face. It's like, or you could have just, they probably already got a fucking, you know, they already probably set this up. Like, I don't think they, I don't believe for a second they showed up at this guy's house unannounced or anything. But um, they talk to him at his door. You can see his arm. Cut to the, you know, Zach is fucking hamming it up for him, and he's like, oh, "I'm not here to sell you uh, cameras or anything, sir," and shit like that. Uh, the guy invites him into the house, and Zach goes, "I love Canadian hospitality." <laughs> and so they're in the kitchen. Uh, his name's Howard Beatty or Beatty. Uh, Twenty-eight soldiers' bodies were found right under the kitchen where they were standing, and uh, it was cool though because they buried them. Uh, they they partnered with the American government and buried them very respectfully. All the soldiers' bodies got their own individual coffins with American flags draped on them. They each got their own individual hearses. The Surgeon General even sent Howard and the other people on that owned the property there uh, a plaque. Um, and and Zach is like, he goes, he goes, wow, they sent you a plaque. And he goes, uh, they sent me and my wife a plaque. Like he had to correct <laughs> them. Like my wife gets credit too. I'm like, okay. Um, but uh, to thank him for recovering the bodies and partnering. And because I'm sure his fucking house building was delayed for like weeks because they had to like, you know, have a whole archaeological crew come out there and, and, uh, you know, put fucking tents up and identify the bodies and all this stuff. But he's showing them how like, like the, the buttons would end up being on the inside of the soldier's spine because everything else would rot away and the buttons wouldn't rot. So they would do whatever. So cool, cool pictures that he had of the whole ordeal. Um, this, the, the intro to the show was pretty standard it's usually half and half. It's like half intro and history and interviews and then half lockdown. Mm-hmm. This one was pretty normal. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah. But for some reason it felt like the fucking longest one ever. Not that yeah. I was bored. I think that was because like there was so many factoids that I was just constantly pausing and taking notes and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. they, they all seem relevant. So, um, but uh, yeah, it did and- seem like it went on a while and then the lockdown went by quick. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam is ready to creepily lock them in. And of course, Zach, again, acts like he's you know scared of Sam or whatever. And uh, Zach asks Sam, he's like, hey, remind me what time uh, the big attack happened that, that resulted in all the deaths of everyone. And Sam's like, roughly two o'clock in the morning. And uh, Zach goes, well, that works out because we're going to be locked right in here at that exact time. It's like, yeah, we yeah. know, Zach. That's why you're fucking here. Uh, they do a quick X cam mapping session. They have six X's this episode. And they also, we have the return of Nerve Center, which, I mean, I think that, I don't know if it's since then, but the most memorable last time they've had a Nerve Center was Slag's Furnace. and right. Or whatever, Sloss Furnace, of which Slag. <laughs> <laughs> Sloss and Slag. Um, it's like one of those uh, puppet shows. It was, uh, <laughs> what is it, Jimmy and Mutt and Jim, or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, in Medieval Town, but uh, whatever that shit's called. Um, but they uh, they start in the Northeast bastion and that's where the powder magazine room blew up resulting in a over 100 people dying in one big explosion and they have a cannonball that was found buried in that area as a trigger object he has kind of a proto ovulus um again it's not it's not as proto as the one with the fucking goggles and all that kind of shit too but it's a new it's a it's one of the the classes of phonetic 
devices, right? It's the little robotic mm-hmm. voice that has a bunch of phenomes of phonetic, you know, s- syllables that make up the words and the sounds that we make to make words and sentences. And they can, ghosts can apparently somehow uh, manipulate the device so that they can have the syllables come through the device and make words or phrases. So it's all, it's never made that much sense to me, but I'm not seeing the world as a spirit would. So, um, but it's called the PX device specifically. This it doesn't stick around very long because the ovulus basically replaces this as time goes on. So, right. Um, he's talking. He's asking, you know, for for anyone around there to say something, uh, and he's like, "Hey, are there any more bodies buried in here?" And uh, they immediately get some evidence. It says app, app on the the PX device. Um, Zach is like, he's like, up, oh, they're freaking, they're freaking out. And then he's like, hey, don't worry, we're friends here. We're Americans. We're with, we're uh, we're uh, uh, we're we're all allied with the British now. You don't have to fear us or whatever. Hmm. And uh, and then you get a whispery voice um, right after that on EVP saying because he's running the digital recorder at the same time as the PX device, which I appreciate. And it says he's up there. Uh, and it was fairly clear. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting correlation of like, is that the same entity saying he's up there? And then that's coming through as up, up on the PX thing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zach says, uh, he, he's like, the the seemingly intelligent answer will be revealed to us at the end of our investigation. And I can't remember if that ever pays. It, it, it must pay off and I'm forgetting. But uh, anyway, he kind of teases that right now. Um, and... Uh, uh, Aaron reports hearing something outside by the kitchen, which is where Daryl says the hat man, the hat man will walk from the kitchen on the pathway to the powder magazine room. And so that's why they wonder like, Oh, is he a representation of like the soldier that went in secretly and ignited the, uh, explosion in there or something. But, um, uh, anyway, they hear uh, Aaron hears something. And on the EVP, um, uh, it says, kill him. And it's pretty clear. It's whispery, but it's pretty clear. And this is in response to Zach saying, he's like, hey, we're going to bring Daryl back, you know, the guy who works here back for the investigation. Then they get kill him. So maybe Daryl is not liked in there. Um, or these are just soldiers, uh, entities, you know, whatever, seeing a bunch of dudes in the middle of the night or late at night uh, in their fort, which would be grounds for uh, killing them. So um, Nick is asking uh, questions. He says, was it tough fighting in here, holding down this fort? And they get an EVP that says, this one's kind of iffy. It, they say it says battle ditch. Um, <laughs> but at least it sounds like, because they are right next to the, 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 the battle ditch where all the bodies are piled up in, you know, uh, five to seven feet high. And uh, it's iffy, but like all of the, the, not all, a chunk of the EVPs after this sound iffy, but they at least do sound like syllables. They don't sound like they captured a weird scratch on the speaker or a hiss or something like that. So right. um, they hit a 0.8 spike on the EMF, which is fine. Cause Zach says that he's feeling kind of dizzy and weird. Um, I wish they would give, now that we've watched a few episodes of the uh, secret of Skinwalker ranch for hungry for Skinwalker ranch. Um, I wish that they would give context to those numbers. Kind of like sometimes they do, but they get like Travis Taylor's always like, now that's like, standing in front of 20 microwaves and they're all open and they're all right. working, even though the door's open and you're standing right next to it or something like it's like okay give us some sort of analogy that like a mm-hmm. hey, 0.8 is how much energy that runs through a television set i don't know whatever the fuck that could right. be, give us some context like is 0.8 absolutely nothing up from zero 
is that the kind of fucking energy that somebody's cell phone in their pocket could give off? I don't know. But uh, they do they do at least show that it's only in the spot he was standing and not like two or three feet away. So right, right. Down to zero after that. Um, Daryl is back. He's here in his, as you were saying, his kind of leprechaun St. Patrick's Day gear uh, just in time for this episode. And apparently they meant they didn't mention before, but his, his ancestors apparently fought in the battle, too. So he's <laughs> from a, a lineage of this place. And um, Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jacques Bagon so shows him the nerve center. He explains that he's just going to have Daryl doing EVP sessions. He explains what EVPs are. And he says, I'm going to send you in somewhere alone and use you as kind of a trigger object. And he explains that it is. And Daryl's like, huh, it's a fancy way of uh, calling me live bait, huh? And then <laughs> I have a good laugh at that because that is really what it is. What's uh, right. Right. Okay. So uh, Nick heads to the officer's quarters where Catherine saw the reflection of the guy's face. Uh, it cuts back to her, you know, little description of it. And he had a, he didn't have a normal look on his face. He had a very angry look on his face. Um, never really, we don't, I mean, spoiler alert, we never really see that reflection or anything again. Uh, they don't even really theorize who it is. Just some dude with a, a great big bushy beard, as he says, and also <laughs> the guy's a hot fuzz. But um, Daryl is, it's cut. It's, there's a lot of cutting back and forth now, um, which I mean, I, I tend to like. There's Usually it's effective for you not getting bored at the very least, right? So cutting back between the disparate groups of the Ghost of Ventures crew. So Daryl is by himself starting his recording session and... Uh, Daryl's Daryl has kind of a natural as a docent, of course, a natural sense for like drama and storytelling. He's like, you know, everyone has a story in here <laughs> and, you know, I'm here and I can I can be the recipient of that story. Like he's just being very empathetic, but kind of, you know, nerding out with the ghosts here. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, another iffy EVP happens here and it's they say that it says what happened like in a very whispery voice but again it sounds at least yeah. syllabic but this responding to his thing yeah. right uh this is where we get the arm that molds into like a fucking wing or something or melts yeah like kind of mushes into itself and then kind of wisps well, away it like we get this shadow figure arm so there is you can see daryl kind of on the left third of the screen and there is an open doorway that's completely like pitch black um, behind him and to the right and the darkness of this uh, just rectangular opening for a door, a doorway the darkness is in there and the you can see the green the green screen, the fucking um, night vision um, uh, is, you can at least see, you know, his basic surroundings as, as you know, if you've seen the show so you can see the clear distinction between the darkness in the doorway and the quote unquote light of the night vision infrared, you know uh, camera lens right you see from the darkness of the doorway uh an arm it looks kind of like a a left arm i think the thumb is on the screen facing to the right so you're seeing the open part of his hand facing the viewer you see this kind of beefy arm with which with at the very end of it looks like i'm not going to be as dramatic and say it looks like claws mm-hmm. but it looks like sharp pointed fingers Just, kind of yeah, big beard meaty yes like it's bony fingers right like as if sam was was you know behind a light source or something like that and he was you know uh going like oh sorry and then like going back so the arm comes out it kind of swoops out and hangs for a split second um almost as if someone's like purposely holding their arm a little bit away from their body and not just touching their their side and then the hand like it swings and goes back as if, you know, kind of in your, like if he were swinging your arm from 
being out to your left or right and then swinging your, your hand back towards your stomach. So your arms kind of chicken winging, you know, or whatever. And then as the two pieces, you know, you know, segments, the forearm and the bicep come together, it like merges, which normally you would be like, okay, whatever. He's just like walking sideways, but it's not just this thing walking sideways back into the darkness. It's, it's like, like it, it turns almost into like a pterodactyl looking wing for a split second. Like it molds and it length, like it length. Yeah, mushes together kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it, like pulls yeah, a little out. Yeah. It's almost like it's warping back or, or it's changing shape or right. No, because if you did the chicken dance, you'd have to like really turn your arm for the shadow to change that much, exactly. even if it could. Yeah. You'd have to, because you can go from fat to thin when making that chicken wing look, but it's, it goes very smoothly and it goes in such a way that it's tough to say you could ever chicken wing like that. Right. You would have to like move your body to also trick the light source. You know, like you'd have to do, you'd have to work with some angles there, like to like make it yeah. appear like that. And, uh, but yeah, this was like it. And, and, and the cool part is that it literally just looked like the shadow of some physical thing in the room, but, there was no light source facing that way. His shadow was off to the left, um, like behind him, which is very strange. So even, even yeah, it's the, definitely not him, right? Yeah. Even the shadow casting from the night vision camera um, is uh, it's th- this shadow is not on the same angle as that. So um, yeah. and then they cut back to the the nerve center, and there's no one else in that fucking room. You can see the screen. There's nobody off camera. Like it's a very small little room. So yeah, this is like literally top 10 of all time fucking uh, figures. It just looks again. I can't, it's so creepy because it looks so normal at first. It just looks like there's some dude off camera and there's a flashlight or some light source behind him. And he's just letting his arm hang down and then it fucking and then stretches and morphs and then slinks back into the, uh, the darkness of that doorway. So yeah, um, very, very creepy. Uh, I am shocked that, they didn't take that evidence and bring it to one of their moronic friends back in Vegas or in the area uh, in Ontario or, you know what I mean? They didn't go we right, met up right. with, a, with a Canadian ghost adventure, ghost hunting crew to, to look at this evidence and have them just jerk them off for finding cool evidence or whatever. But, um, but that's Zach. He never, he never does what you expect. And it's usually in a, a mildly annoying way. So, right. um, <laughs> uh, Daryl rushes. Daryl is pretty brave. He kind of freaks out. He's like, what was that? And then, and then he literally for a few seconds is like, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just not used to seeing something like that. I, I'm sorry that I acted, reacted negatively, but then he basically goes, fuck this. And he runs outside and, uh, but good for him for even staying in there for even like 10 more seconds after fucking <laughs> seeing that because he saw it with his naked eye too. So, um, uh, they have him come back in, but now he goes with Aaron to the Port de Salet and, uh, uh, Nick heads up to Captain Kingsley's room alone. Um, and th- there's a whole thing where he's like, I just, I've never seen anything. You know, they're interviewing him post and he's talking about how, how scary it was. But, um, uh, Nick set up in captain Kingsley's room, cuts back to Aaron and Daryl who are doing an EVP session. Uh, Aaron is, you know, urging the ghost to make something happen. And, uh, and he's like, we don't want to be harmed or violently hurt or anything. And then he like turns to Daryl. He's like, I always say that just in case. And Daryl's <laughs> like, it is a good disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> they left uh, a recorder back in the kitchen where the um, shadow figure was found, and um, uh, it it's it again. This is pretty weak, 
but it does my brain at least can see how they think it says uh the phrase let them eat because they're in the kitchen mm-hmm. so uh what you know technically that is a, a relevant thing to say in a kitchen um back to nick he's trying to make it happen with the captain up there and um he's like oh he's like can you move can you move these sheets can you move this sword there's like a, a saber a military saber on the, the bed and um th- now you do hear a disembodied voice they do have to jack the volume up he hears it out loud but they captured it on the camera's audio which is cool and they do not say what it sounds like but i clearly heard like there's a little staticky kind of weird sound in the like a sweeping sound in the beginning and then it says tonight like it says like tonight um and i'm guessing that it was uh danny devito's future ghost say tonight is your night bro tonight is your night bro like from twins um right right uh, correct ready, but uh, <laughs> nick starts freaking out because he's like this he's like there's something in this room with me zach and uh back to aaron and daryl they hear they're about to leave the room and they hear some pretty clear footsteps which is cool uh cuts back to nick Zach asks him to get like really close to the bed, but don't touch the bed. And, um, uh, but to try to trigger captain Kingsley to push him or whatever, like as has been, uh, known to happen to the males that get close to the bed. So, um, uh, Nick like confronts him. He's like, come on, why are you always doing this to the people in the room and blah, blah, blah. Nothing happens. Cuts back to Daryl and Aaron. Aaron reports feeling static up his arm. And Daryl, he's like, yes, I've been feeling that across my knuckles as well. <laughs> um, they're about to leave again and finally get, um, uh, like Nick, uh, uh, Aaron says, he's like, all right, I hate to leave right now, but, and they get an EVP that says, I am, which is pretty weird. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, they're saying I am, which maybe like it was going to say I am here or I am leaving too or whatever. I don't know. But um, so. I would call that a semi-intelligent response. Like it could make sense, but it's not really like, it's not the same as if it said, don't go or something like that. Right. Um, but pretty clear. Um, I was shocked too. It's only one fifty-four AM at this point, which, so it's, I was like, oh man, this episode is going to be with only five minutes left is going to be very front loaded with evidence. Uh, the first chunk of the night, but, uh, they say goodbye to Daryl because it's almost 2 AM. And that is when, uh, the uh the attack happened that resulted in so many quick losses of life so they bust out the px device again he kind of implies it wasn't working great before i'm like it it was like you got you know some pretty clear evidence but i guess they must have kept using it and nothing happened but they're in the display with the bones um of the soldiers that were found on the land there and then over at snake hill with the at howard Beatty's house um zach's kind of like getting irritated because he's not getting responses he's like am i just talking to air <laughs> like i'm like i've never heard him like get so annoyed he's like use your energy to learn how to speak through this and then it works because uh through the px device you start getting all these little like eh, 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 like you like you're not it's not saying anything but it is almost like it's trying to learn how to use it um mm-hmm. and so he holds it up next to the skull of the grinner and the fucking insane uh, facial recreation they have next to it that looks like Shaggy's brother. And he's like, do you like that they have your skull here and that they're calling you the Grinner? Uh, and then the device says, hit war, yell, and which is which is pretty relevant. It says hit, war, and yell. Um, later on, it's cool because the ovulus actually shows the words. Kind of like on the goggles ovulus, the proto-ovulus. It actually shows the words that are coming through. Um, right. As opposed to just trusting that 
that's what it's you're hearing something purely yeah, from yeah. audio. Yeah. Uh, they put it back close to the bones and um, it says, I'm here hit horrible. And then Zach is like, it's like, I just, I just got like this over overwhelming sense of sadness and pain guys. And then it says killed far. Uh, and Zach's like, come on, are you still here? Say something, say something more. And so, um, he's still just like, he, he goes on a whole fucking Zach diatribe of how it's, it's almost like they just transferred all of his like sadness into me. And I just, you know, and now it's all gone, you know, which believe me, like, I'm not saying he's full of shit. Like they're as, as much as in like the David Omen house, uh, I would feel the weird, like gravitational nausea kind of feeling. And then like a lightheaded feeling like I could step in and out of it. That would be weird if you were overwhelmed with a sense of emotion that you didn't feel like was justified in your own brain. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, but you could also argue that Zach was emp- had an empathetic response to that because when he when he realizes what this thing is saying, that he's like, oh, that is really sad that this fucking soldier is maybe reliving his last moments or he's next to his fucking skull for eternity for some reason because he doesn't want to leave or I don't know. You know, so. Um, they uh they finish the episode here with a lot more fucking cannon sounds, lots of quick cuts, just showing more of the fort, showing more reenactment stuff. But Zach is being like very respectful to the soldiers and the, the soldiers that lost their life are forever trapped and blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he ends with the anguished experience here has left an eternal mark. Fort Erie may still be at war. <laughs> door, uh, door, but, uh, yeah, that's the end. I was, I was glad they stuck to all the evidence and on the location and didn't fucking waste the last five minutes talking to Joe and Schmo saying, yeah, no, this is really good evidence, Zach, and this is definitely a demon. Right, right, right. Jerking them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the next episode, I believe, at least the location is a doozy. It's the Vesalia murder house. It's an axe. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, a very brutal axe murder house um, where the daughter supposedly went crazy. I think, uh, I believe it's no Lizzie Borden house is different, I think, but she goes crazy apparently and fucking like bashes her father's face in with the ax and the, and they show pictures of it and like all this gnarly kills the mom, kills the maid, all this crazy stuff. So that one to look forward to, but um, beautiful. Yeah. Other than that, thanks of Excellent. course for all the supports. Uh, try to get this up tonight or tomorrow. And she uh, said, yep. And, uh, <laughs> the transsexual woman, the, the uh, yes. male, the female I'll try to get this up tomorrow. We'll be trying to get you up. You My know. hormones are, you know, they're pretty heavy today. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, thanks for the support. Thanks for, thanks for guzzling down with us here on adventurous ghost. Bye. Bye. Bye.